Another episode of the Harris Huddle. This is episode 10 of the Harris Huddle, and I am your host, Jalen Harris, and it is good to be back. And on this episode, starting off for, for the very future, we have we have a new co-host, my brother, Khalid Harris. What's going on, everybody? Happy to be in the show. Join the Harris Huddle, bring a new perspective to it one time. Uh, about to get crazy, so I need everybody to tune in. All right, and, and on our hair, so we're going to go off first with our recent sports news throughout the country. A Texas high school football player, Emmanuel Duran, if I'm not saying his name correctly, he runs on the field after he got ejected from the playoff game and runs over a ref. I'm telling y'all, the ref went flying. I, I thought he was knocked out. He flew. But after that, um, Duran's high school team, they got removed from the playoff by the district. And later, the the next day, Duran was charged with assault. So I hope he can get, figure his life out because running assaulting refs isn't a good thing. That was just stupid. <laughs> just take your L, bro, and keep it moving. And uh, in NFL news, Josh Gordon, receiver for the Seahawks, is restated from the NFL, and he would be eligible to play on Week 16. He needs to. I hope he's good. He's off off the drugs, but. We just hope everything's right with his mental, but he's eligible to play and now be another weapon for Russell Wilson. Tell y'all the truth, I'm not worried about the drugs with him. Uh, as long as his mental is straight, Seattle's a weapon, a big contender with Josh Gordon, but Seattle defense, so sorry, it, it might not even matter. Um, since the NFL don't drug test for marijuana anymore, Josh Gordon good to go. And you know what happens when he's I hate to say it, you know what happened when he does drugs. He puts up four to one yard games in a row. <laughs> All the same. It's good to have guys going back in the league, though. Like Stephen A. <laughs> nah, nah. But uh, Sarah Fuller becomes the first female to play power five football as a place kicker for Vanderbilt. And uh, I forgot who they was playing, but Vanderbilt did not score a point. So, unfortunately, Sarah Fuller couldn't get on the board for a field goal or or many kickoffs, which is unfor- unfortunate because Vanderbilt is disgustingly bad. But congratulations to Sarah Fuller. Hopefully, there's more females out there to play. Shout out to Sarah for Vanderbilt. Y'all do. Y'all just, hey, y'all disrespectful for firing Derek Mason. Y'all know y'all trash and he trying his best. But if he did a, a monumental thing like that and y'all gonna fire him after the game, y'all knew y'all was gonna lose anyway. Damn, that anchor is broke, broken. They're just sailing. Shout but, out to the education y'all getting though. But in our last point of the recent news, NBA star for the San Antonio Spurs, DeMar DeRozan chases an intruder out of his house. I don't know if he was in LA or San Antonio, but he chased the intruder out of LA. his house. LA, okay. And he and he said he's seen worse things. He's growing up in Compton, California. He's seen worse things. So I'm pretty sure DeMar DeRozan can handle a intruder and he he probably wasn't expecting to see some DeMar DeRozan <laughs> bump all that you make millions get some security for your home I know people don't want to have guards in the crib but you need some gates and fences everything and the subdivision security needed better the uh intruder said he thought it was Kylie Jenner house that's what he was trying to get to and then 
when he got away from DeMar DeRozan, he left, jumped back over the fence. That's when security came and seen him again, trying to get back to Kylie Jenner house. Like, oh, they trash. Like, That's come on. Trash. Like, you got him. I need a discount on the HOA. <laughs> oh, too much. But at our first topic of the day, we have our uh, NBA season is back. And in the word of Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard, what it do, baby. So it starts on December 22nd. And we have a few preseason games before that with the, with the NBA stars getting ready, getting all jumped up and ready to go. And then as we talk about the NBA season, we're going to go over the free agency and the draft winners. My three teams that I have per- personally that won the um, draft and free agency is the Hawks, Philly, and Portland. Now, the Hawks signed Bo, uh, Boban Bogdanovic, uh, Danilio Gallinari, Rajon Rondo, and they drafted USC center on Yeko on Kongu and, and uh, signed Chris Dunn, versatile defender. Now, I like I like these moves, but I see I've seen some people in the, in the media like kind of criticizes like kind of just wasting money on vets and not letting the young players grow. But with these signings, even though like paying Danilo Gallinari like what 20, 20 million a year or whatever, and paying uh Bogdanovich a big money, I feel like Bogdanovich is probably the only set starter to me. But I mean Rajon Rondo's coming off the bench. Chris Dunn's coming off the bench. And you gotta if the rookies not rookies, if the young guys are performing better than the vets, don't start them and start start the best player. Uh, forget money. You just gotta have the best overall team. But on the Philly. Philly traded for Steph Curry, Steph Curry's brother, little brother, and big shooter in the uh, league, averaging 43%. They got rid of Al Horford's $100 million mistake contract that um, that Elton Brand signed, I think, two years ago. But And they traded for Danny Green. I think he traded, traded for Danny Green to get him from Oklahoma City. None of it matters. <laughs> it, none of it matters with Philly. Philly going to have to show up and play. It don't matter who they got. They got Joel Embiid who's supposed to be the best big man in the league. But when you eat cheeseburgers before the game, watching anime, that's what you get. You got Ben Simmons. If he's healthy, he's good. Don't try to change Ben Simmons, but I feel like you should build that team around Ben Simmons instead of Joel Embiid. Uh, I honestly think Dow Horford, money was a mistake, but the player was a mistake because he couldn't get in rhythm out there. And if you watch Philly basketball, that, that it was terrible. It was terrible, but we'll see with Doc Doc Rivers coming in. I mean, who knows? I I didn't know like that. I, I feel like everybody could have made that mistake. And oh my god, we're watching this football game, and Baker Mayfield just looks so unathletic catching this pass. But um, I didn't know Al Horford can can catch the can play the four. I, like, who would have known that? Because he looks like he plays like a four. But I mean, if you don't know that, that's kind of. But hey. And our, our last team for the winner is Portland. They re-signed Melo, Hoodie Melo, traded for Robert Covington, and signed Enos Cantor and signed Harry Giles. I already added on to the front court of Nurkic and uh, Zach Collins. Now, the Portland needed wing help, but ultimately, I don't know if all this will put them over the top. Because, yes, you have two. Well, you have a superstar in game. You have a, I don't know, I guess you can call um, other dude a star, but... I don't, I don't know. CJ McCollum's a star. CJ McCollum, yeah. Yeah, he's a star, but I don't know. if It's just, are you beating LeBron and Anthony Davis with that, with this team? I like the team. It's balanced. They're going to be a top four seed, but yeah, it's just, is LeBron greatness going to get you? But in our, 
my losers for a free agency. I don't know if Cal and my brother had any different different losers, but I have Detroit, Celtics, and the Raptors. The, the Celtics didn't really get much better to me. They just they seem like every year they lose their big piece of their team and they don't replace it. And the Raptors, they lost Marcus All and um Bang, I forgot his name. Ibaka. Ibaka. They lost Marcus All and Ibaka. That's your whole front court. And that was a big part of their defensive mindset. I don't know who's gonna step up and replace that. And Detroit, they just they kind of having a rebuild all of a sudden. You just you still have D Rose, still have Blake Griffin, but then I think they're on the phone trying to trade off. They signed a bunch of wings. They traded for pieces. Drafted their young guard out of uh, Europe, but it's kind of just seeming like a a rebuild. It's kind of I like what their GM is doing, getting picks, but it's just a rebuild for me. Losers. I have Pistons weren't even in the free agency for me. Um, <laughs> Washington Wizards, big loser. Uh, I know you get Russell Westbrook. Uh, you could say true point guard, whatever you want. You didn't add nobody else to that team. It's Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Um, you hope Russell Westbrook's healthy. You hope both of them's healthy for majority of the year so you can fight. Um, Beal averaged 30 last year. That's just too much for somebody to average, and he has no help. And you'll be the eighth seed in the East. That That's terrible. Um, other losers I have. No, winner. I got the Rockets being a winner. You signed DeMarcus Cousins. You lose Robert Covington, but you signed DeMarcus Cousins and you signed John Wall. Um, I feel that. like that's great. And I, I, you kept Eric Gordon. You lose uh, Rivers, but you lose uh, Mike D'Antoni. But I feel like that sets up. Now, it all depends on if Harden's going to give up a little of that ball handling to John Wall. He can shoot all day. All day he can shoot because John Wall can't shoot. Let's just be real. But the athlete John Wall is and getting to the hole, if he's healthy, the Marcus Cousins coming off that bench, PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon, you can make James Harden is a, a walking bucket. You can like him and say he travel whatever you want, but he, at the end of the day, he's a bucket. Um, other winners, I, I'm a Hawks fan, so I gotta go with my Hawks. Um, we gotta show up and play. We got pieces to compete. I'm not saying we're going to be a four, three or four seed in the East, but we should be an eighth or seventh seed in the East. I, I just can't accept it after making those moves. Uh, happy Rondo coming on. Uh, the pressure's on Trey Young. Trey Young got to show up and stop taking 50-foot shots and know we don't have those rebounders back in the day. Capella, John Collins, got to stay off the PEDs. Uh, we're going to see what it is in the highlight factory. But uh, other losers... The Trailblazers. I feel like Trailblazers didn't add anything to me to just say, when it comes to the conference finals, you're going to beat anybody, even the Clippers, when it comes down to it. Because when it comes down to it, every other team has somebody that can guard Dame and and CJ McCollum. And CJ McCollum got a stupid offensive package, but... It's crazy. And Dame, we all know what Dame is. But if they get 30 and, and 40, but you hold them out buckets for crucial moments and the other guys don't make no plays like they usually don't do, it is what it is. Now, I got complete faith in Melo, my favorite player. You know how we going to do with Melo. He's going to get a bucket, walking bucket. Uh, shout out to NBA trying to 
save face when y'all try to cancel my boy Melo? Uh, I do like the, the Rockets adding Denny Obvia, but Russell Westbrook doesn't pass the ball, and I do like the Rockets signing Christian Wood. And we add, as we move on to our second topic of the day of this episode, we're going to talk about the current state of college football and the committee's ruling. Last last week, or it would be this week currently, uh, the top four playoff ranking was Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Oh, I said that gone fast. Alabama, number one. Number two, Notre Dame. Number three, Clemson. And number four, Ohio State. As everybody knows, I'm a big Ohio State fan, but they have to prove to me, even if we probably won't have the games, but to be more of a top four seed. As I said, big questions remain. Another big question for, another, for a team is Clemson with Ohio State because if Notre Dame loses or wins in that t- conference title game, what does the committee do? Put Texas A&M in the final. I agree with that. And another thing, like like you're saying, if you, we both agree that put Texas A&M in because they have the game over Florida, and they would they would be in the same boat as Florida, losing the not winning the SEC. So it's up to the committee not to be a hypocrite because you put UGA Alabama in there when UGA lost the lost the SEC title game. Now what? Now another thing I was just thinking about over the days. What would they do if, if, if with Texas A&M if Florida loses, and, but if Notre Dame doesn't lose? Like, what do you do? Because you put Miami Hurricanes in the playoffs. If they beat North Carolina and only have one loss to Clemson and didn't play Notre Dame this year, you put them in. Mm. You put them in. You, you, you're not telling me you're putting BYU or anybody else, and you're not putting in a Power 5 team. Notre Dame is playing in the ACC this year. Next year, they're back independent. You got to put a power five in there. You can't put a two-loss Georgia or Florida over one-loss team in there. Kane's got to go. It's endless possibilities with the community, with the committee, endless, because they just have to just be honest and just not be biased, not accusing them of being biased, but you just have to be honest. And speaking of BYU, yesterday I watched the game a little uh, with Coastal Carolina, the Chanteliers. Zach Wilson looked pretty good, even though he got jumped at, before the end of the halftime. He got, he got, he got welcome to the South. <laughs> but he looked pretty good yesterday, throwing the ball, having a, having a good competitive spirit after getting jumped. But and. And they lost, but and that kind of knocks them out of the playoff ranking because I mean, as I was as I was looking at BYU yesterday, they didn't look like a team that was they were gonna get wiped the floor if they got in the playoff. They didn't have the size to me. They just looked like this a top fifteen team, you know. And with the Heisman ranking, Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask, uh, Justin uh, Just Fields, I don't I don't know the current ranking. I'm just naming all people that would probably be in the. Heisman discussion, Kyle Trash, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and you know that's that's probably the big group of four or five ish that will that will that will be in it. You could say Justin Fields eliminated, but I say Kyle Trask is my Heisman. But like everybody, even though we all been thinking, probably my brother been thinking, everybody in the media, the Heisman is probably gonna come down to the SEC championship game. Heisman gonna come down to SEC championship game, but I'm gonna throw a wrench in everybody thing. Devontae Smith is the best player in the nation. I feel like he deserves a high. I know he got Jalen Waddle and all this and all that, and Kyle Pitts at Florida. 
just put on the film and tell me Devontae Smith is not the best player in the nation. And I tell you, you're crazy. He, he really, I feel like, I mean, I feel like everybody had him as a first round pick, but you know, some people might have him at, as a high, as a low first round pick. But I feel like this year he's, he's top 10. He might be the, he's probably going to be the first receiver off the board because with Jamar Chase opting out, you know, people with the draft evaluators are going to be picky. So they're just be like, we don't, we have a film, a year of film on him and not of you, even though your, your last year of film was spectacular. And last year when Jamar Chase was in there, I tell everybody, like I stated last year, Jamar Chase had the best year at receiver last year. No, don't get me wrong, he's a dog. Jerry Judy was the best route runner. C.D. Lamb might have been, you know, maybe the best overall receiver. Um, A.J. Brown was a dog uh, when he was in college. But you put Devontae Smith in that mix of all of them and just look it up. Just look up what he did. We know the game with a touchdown. Uh, he went crazy last year with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddle there. And we're just not even going to speak on this year. Um, but it was going to be interesting. I feel like, honestly, Kyle Pitts should be a better uh, over Kyle Trash. I know he's making all the throws and everything, but Kyle Pitts is a monster. Um, and if you even want to throw that, Najee Harris ripping the ball. We know running backs don't get no love no more, but he's running that rock. Uh, but honestly, my opinion on the state of college football we shouldn't have a playoff system this year. Uh, it's just too weird. Like, it's too many scenarios. We still got Big Ten teams that only played three or four games. Um, you know, uh, people playing their last game coming up this week and then playing SEC Championship on the 19th. And I think the a ACC Championship probably be the same weekend. So then you'll be waiting for two other conferences. Oklahoma's down. Uh, I just feel like overall college football been a weird state this year and just kind of down. We ain't got that excitement. Um, we're going to play bowl games with no fans. I don't, that ain't even going to rock right. And I will. Alabama is our current, my current lead dog for champion or number one team champion threat. I see pretty, pretty sure everybody agrees after that showcase versus, um, versus LSU last night. Now, Michigan, the University of Michigan, Big Ten is having COVID issues. They can really affect. I know Kirk Herbstreit kind of accused them of. They're going to cancel the game to, to ruin Ohio State winning the Big Ten, but I feel like that was kind of a reach. But they are having COVID issues. Well, you know Kurt Hurst, you go fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I love Kurt Hurst, but I can't really agree with him on that. You can't really you can't really accuse them without having no evidence of that. They don't have COVID. They got John. They got Harwell. That's all that is. Khaki pants over COVID. <laughs> hey, that's, pay that man that money and see what's happening. Oh. Uh. But uh, I feel sorry for the recruits going to Michigan. But hell, I don't. They shit, living the life. Shit at all. I heard Michigan facilities are real nice. I didn't really know that. But they you got Ric Flair showing up and Alex Rodriguez in the year. They be going a year. They do. Be, they do live the life. They, they wrong. Lose, they lose. They lose to the to the real kings in Columbus. And our and our next topic of the uh, for this episode, we have, the, have my I have our NFL outlook. And I'm going to just be straight with y'all. I don't know if my brother feels the same, but there's a lot of uncertainty with these NFL teams because, yeah, the Steelers are the only undefeated team, but I feel like everybody else has taken a bad loss and got stomped. Steelers it, are paper mache. Like fools go, don't let them fool y'all. Yeah, and I agree with that because I, I will be weary on the Steelers because they averaging 50 yards running the ball. That's not going to work. 
That's not gonna work. Even the Chiefs and they all the weapons they have, they're averaging more yards than the Steelers. That's that's unacceptable. And that's not gonna happen in the playoffs. I hate to say this as a diehard Falcons fan. I hate to say this to the bottom of my heart. But front running the NFC for me is the Saints. Um, I feel like this year they might get over their postseason hump. I hopefully not. Um, F y'all. Um, uh, they're currently winning right now, 73. But if Drew Brees come back, you know, healthy, or even Jameis Winston gets his chance and that team is performing like they're performing without uh, their quarterback, that defense is still performing. Um, they stay healthy. Michael Thomas is getting back in the swing of things. Uh, Alvin Kamara still being Alvin Kamara. Latavius Murray still having a good season. Uh, they protect Drew when he comes back with Jameis. Because uh, I'm just not going to – I'm going to be real. I don't think Tatum Hill is going to get it done. Uh, he can get it done versus the Falcons and maybe a couple more teams. But in the playoffs, I just don't – I'm not believing the hype. Um, AFC, we all know the Steelers undefeated. But I really don't think the Steelers, if they meet up – if the Steelers or the Ravens meet up with the Browns in that first round of the playoffs, I feel like the Browns will win that game to how the Browns are built. But uh, the Chiefs coming out the AFC until somebody, you know, beat them. Drew Brees' rib break count increases every week. It went from 11 to like 18. And I watched the video with Ian Rappaport today. He said 35. I don't know if that was a mistake, but I don't even know how many ribs we have in the body. But 35 sounds painful. But... Lord, but our top teams, my top teams for the conference, NFC, Rams, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, that could change because as you know, Seahawks and the Rams are going to beat up on each other. The Packers aren't really too dominant, but you know, in the AFC, we had the Chiefs, Steelers, and Titans as my kind of top AFC teams. I was hesitant with the Titans because they show up and don't show up some games, but uh, those are my kind of my top couple title contenders. And the Jets, the Jets, let's talk about terrible teams, how good teams. The Jets stink. They're in the Trevor Lawrence race. I don't blame them, but they stink. Adam Gates finally took accountability, I think, on the media session yesterday, but you should have did that two years ago. Y'all stink. Makai Beckton is going to be a good player, pro baller, possibly all pro, but you just got to stay healthy, big. Big boy, he'll be good protecting Trevor Lawrence next year. But dear God, they stink and fire Adam Gase and hire Eric Bieniemy. I don't and keep him. I don't care if they, he doesn't win a game for three years. Y'all suck. But that's my rant on the Jets. Please draft the best players at the position or whatever. Just let me do it. I gotta gotta get the coach, the right coach, and the right uh, GM in there because they have players. It's just you know it's culture. You know, some people just want to leave, like C.J. Mosley. Uh, well, not C.J. Mosley. Who was that linebacker they had from Alabama? Uh, that's him. But did they draft him though? Mm, he went from he left from the Ravens. That's where he wanted to go. He left from the Ravens, but he's he he was on the Jets, but he just been hurt. I think. Oh my, well, I, my bad, I messed that up. But like they have players, you got Le, you got Le'Veon. You know, it's a culture thing there. Uh, you obviously didn't develop Sam Darnold as a key. I feel like he should get another chance with a new coach. Um, honestly, if I'm Fields and Trevor Lawrence, I'm if they're number one after week 16, 17 in the draft order, they're number one or whatever, or, or number two, stay in school. Stay in school. I know they might be up there next year, but 
Maybe they'll do something different. Maybe they'll have some lines or some weapons to get to y'all, some draft picks, but I wouldn't do it. Or say, I don't know, say the, the interview. If you don't sign the best office alignment on free agency or multiple, I don't know, receiver something. Pull up, threat. pull up Eli Manning. Just tell him I'm not playing here. I don't want to play your trade. Uh, that's the only thing you can do, but I don't know. Like, the Jets is crazy. Right, they got players, Quentin Williams. Uh, we said C.J. Mosley, um, Kai Becton, the receiver, the receiver out of Baylor that they just took. Um, he's, he, if he's healthy, he's gonna be a good, you know, nice little target. The offensive line isn't bad, but that, that's it with it, skill it's, players. It's really just Adam Gates. Nobody, you shouldn't hire Adam Gates. Um, yeah, that's just what it is. That's end on that. Um, Jesse now got some work to do. A lot of teams like the Falcons got some work to do. Definitely, I, I'll probably make another episode just on the Falcons for what I would have. You what waste I would your time. Them. <laughs> but COVID nineteen is running a rampantly. I, I, which is everyone probably knows, the Ravens Steelers games got moved back to Christmas Eve. So that's how many times players have got COVID and needed to be extended. But I feel like the NFL is kind of is dropping the ball a little bit, a little bit because you have if the players weren't wearing masks, you'll be finding them instantly. But we have it's stories coming out where. You got strength coaches not wearing masks, and they probably starting an outbreak. You got random employees not wearing masks. I'm just like, hold the employees accountable, just like you do the players. That's that's probably all I have to say. But we're kind of in that flu season, so it's kind of can you really avoid it? But you got to hold the the actual workers accountable instead of the players as harshly. That's my view of it. I just feel like they're gonna get COVID because of. If you get COVID from being close and, you know, breath and getting in face contact or like coughing and stuff like that on people, you're going to get it. You might not outbreak sooner or later. The players, the players tackle each other. Everybody don't wear a visor. Everybody don't even wear a mouthpiece. People are talking trash. So it is what it is. You're tackling, you're sweating. It's just like basketball. You're face to face guarding somebody, you know, not wearing a mask. You just going to, you just going to get COVID. It is what it is in this year. Um, I just feel like, you know, it's here in the sports realm. We got to try to deal with it. Hopefully they can figure out a plan to get some fans in because it's, it's really dead. And this last two minutes you, before. Oh, my bad. No, you could. And <laughs> we just talk, man. Our bad, man, y'all. We talking, we watching this Falcons game live and it's just terrible. Third and 17. Oh, my God. To Michael Thomas. Ah, uh, welcome to the league, AJ Terrell. But I believe in you. I had hope in you. I said the Falcons are going to draft you months before, but I didn't have this podcast set up. But we're going to keep it going. But um, in my last co- my last kind of mini topic, this isn't a huge topic. We got college basketball. Like you said, COVID is running rampant. And they. I don't feel like the NCAA is dropping the ball and really being terrible or the conferences because you're not having backup teams. We're, we're playing in these tournaments, but you don't have backup teams to play if teams get COVID. That's kind of unacceptable to me to me because you have to have teams. But you got to think about it, though. It's called, it's travel and things like that. Some of these games didn't plan, so they been had a lot of game plan changes and then to just even get the games going. So the last minute to come up with COVID, it's like, all right, cool. We're just going to scrap it because at the end of the day, it's like expedition games. You know, some of these games don't matter. Like the record, yeah, but 
we all know conference play and late in the season gonna matter for college basketball records and how they gonna be ranked in that March Madness. Because sometimes, you know, you have teams like University of Kentucky come out and they they might win a big game versus uh, North Carolina or somebody then get blew out by Michigan State. And then, you know, they go win the SEC and make, make a lead eight run or something. Or same thing like Louisville or uh, University of Tennessee, Auburn. And our last thing on college basketball is the number one player in the country. I think Jalen Cunningham, that plays for Oklahoma State, has been really uh, playing up to his name, playing up to that ranking. And Jalen Suggs for Gonzaga, are both, they're both showcasing that they're lottery picks in the in the next year's NBA draft. And as, as I would like to say, mm, college basketball is in for some trouble. Well, no, I wouldn't say in for some trouble, but it's going to be interesting to see how we do Mark Madness. Maybe just conference play, but hey, but you got to get the best teams, see the best teams, play the best teams, and just get teams to play teams in the safest way possible. With that and with COVID-19, I just want everyone to stay safe, wear a mask, stay distance, don't really travel to your parents' house or travel home. Just just stay safe during the, while we get over this flu season with COVID and it being cold. And our last minute of the show, I just want to thank everybody for sticking with me. And this is episode 10. We're going to have many more episodes with my, my brother and my co-host. We're going to have more, more episodes, more constantly with more topics. I want to give a shout out to the fans, the new fans in the UK and England. <laughs> I, I really wanted to have this podcast going across the globe. And it's, it's increasing steadily as I drop more episodes. But I just want to give a shout out to whoever's listening in the UK and across every platforms. And as I can say, this plot, this podcast is on Apple, Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, anything you can think of, Google Podcasts. But I just want to thank everybody. Thank you for tuning in. My Twitter is um, Huddle Harris, and then my Instagram is underscore Harris Huddle. And you can follow me on there. Keep it, keep up with the keep up with the podcast and see when new episodes are coming out. And check out this trailer for this episode. If you haven't checked it out, it's pretty good. Put a lot of time into it. Ooh.